As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told. So I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. This is the Athletic Hockey Show. All right, it's the Thursday crew uh, back with you, Ian Mendes, Sean McAdoo, on this uh, 13th day of July. And I, I got to tell you, Sean, it feels like every other hockey podcast on the planet, they're taking a break and we're just ramping up. That's what it feels exactly. like. It feels like we're yeah. not taking any time off here. No time off, no vacations. No. We're, uh, it's a 12-month job. We've got nothing to talk about. This no. show's going to be 18 minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> it's just going to be ad reads. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and that's about it. Uh, we do have some fun questions. And we did say this to listeners last week. As we get into the summer months and the news cycle slows down, we love to hear your questions, Right. So email us questions. Like, this is the time we have to tackle fun questions, uh, debate things that, you know, maybe we don't have the time for uh, when the playoffs are going on or trade deadline or the, the, the height of the regular season. So we love your questions. And I'm actually going to start this Thursday pod with a question because uh, our pal Julian McKenzie, who I do the Monday show with, uh, he had a Flames mailbag question. And one of the questions was, Hey, Julian, if you could put together a dream uh, kind of road hockey team comprised of Canadian writers for The Athletic and put them up against an American team headed by Mark Lazarus, uh, you know, what would those rosters look like? And, and the reason why I bring this up is Jason has emailed into us. And you can email us at The Athletic Hockey Show at gmail.com. Jason says, uh, I need to know, are Ian and Sean upset that they were left off of the uh, athletic fantasy hockey rosters. You know what? Initially, I wasn't upset at all. And the reason I wasn't upset was because I'm, I'm, not, I'm not an ice hockey guy. I'm not much of a skater. I've played, but I, I will concede that I'm not good. Um, so, yeah, I, when I saw the list, I know a lot of these guys play beer league and that. I figured they did. They're if if it's if they're playing ice hockey, 
I, I can't be on that team. I'll, I'll cheer them on. Then I went and I looked at the mailbag, which very specifically says that we are talking a street hockey yeah. crew. And now I'm now I'm starting to wonder because that's my game, right? I mean, that is yes. that is, uh, and uh, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm not I'm not knocking any of the the players that got picked ahead of me. I mean, it's really it's it's Haley Scott and Dom I'd be looking at. He's got he's got Myrtle and Arpon on on defense. I'm I'm not a defenseman. My my scouting report is look, good hands goes to the dirty areas, produces offense. Okay on the back check, depending depending how motivated I'm feeling that day. Yeah. So you know I've done, I've, I'm not winning any selkies. Let's just say, but I you know I can I can uh, I, I can usually contribute to the offensive side. So I'm a little you know I I think at the end of the day I'd have to like go go check out the training camp, go see what uh, what they can do. I don't know. I mean I know I know Dom plays. Uh, Scott did have that uh, one. Uh, shift in the ECHL or, or whatever it was a few years ago, so he's he's got me beat. Um, you know, it might come down to me and Haley, and I I don't know. It's uh, it's uh, I don't think I'm insulted. Uh, I don't know, man. I I would have I would have liked to mention somewhere. I feel yeah. Like. Haley's super athletic. Like she played uh, pretty competitive basketball, like kind of through high school. Like I don't know about her street hockey skills. Super athletic. Uh, mm. So I could see her being uh, pretty good. I pointed out, though, that if we're talking road hockey, ball hockey, street hockey, whatever you want to call it, yeah. you and I might be the only ones from the athletic that have a championship trophy from that sport. Rings. The year Likes was fly forever, man. The year was 1997. Now, sure, maybe don't that's do the math. a quarter don't century do the math. ago. Yeah. But I want to point out. That we played at Carleton University, where you and I went to the journalism school together. They had a uh, a big ball hockey tournament, and you and me and a bunch of uh, of our buddies, and we're all kind of the same, right? We're all hey, we all love hockey, we all love sports. Yep. Let's let's get into this ball hockey tournament. And there's like eight of us, ten of us, whatever on the team, and we play a round robin. We get to the playoffs. We win a couple playoffs game playoff games. We get to the final. We get to overtime of the final, and. I am your goalie, and you yep. go full Paul Henderson. You score mm-hmm. the uh, cup-clinching goal. I got to say, I felt like I was pretty clutch in goal. Yeah. Uh, it, it went to a shootout in the uh, in the semifinals. A long shootout in the semifinals, if I remember. save after save. So to not even be referenced here was yeah. a complete miss from Julian. That's all. That's all we're saying. I mean, I'm yeah, That that's that's exactly it. I, I mean, you've, if you want... If you want the the skills, you want the athletics, that's fine. If you want winners, yes. If you want clutch, all those things that I think, you know, we all agree are definitely real things uh, that exist. Clutchiness. I mean, you, I still remember, you know, being in, uh, uh, you know, some crucial situation and they're playing music in the background and, you know, we're we're looking around going, man, can we do this? Can we pull it off? And we look back in the net and you're dancing to Billie Jean. To stay warm. That's right. And we looked at each other like, we got this. Yeah. Our goalie's dancing, man. We're yeah. fine. And I did. I got the overtime winner. Yeah. Um, do you remember it? Do you remember how, how it went in? I don't. Well, okay, I was, good. I in that like, case, I deked out the whole team. Yeah. And, like and absolute gorgeous. You 150 know, feet away or whatever. Yeah. In absolutely. My I went, uh, I think I, I think I went around the whole team and then I doubled back just to, yeah. to do it better. Uh, and I got, I got called Paul Henderson for the rest of the semester. Uh, by yeah. by everybody, you know, everybody like little kids in the streets were like, there he is, and so <laughs> is. I don't know. I mean, I I I do get that. Look, I'm I'm looking at the uh, the roster, especially up front. It's a it's it's a younger group. There there clearly seems to be some some strategy situation. here of yeah. of going for the youthful energy. Look, I'm hey, am I going to be winded after one shift and need to take a break? Yeah, a hundred percent. That is that's going to happen. Is is it possible that the first time I try to stop too quickly that my ACL will actually explode and I'll be, yeah, there, there's a good chance that's going to happen. But I, uh, you know, like, like I'm just, I'm looking for the black aces here is, is all I'm asking for. Give me something like beat. Let me, let me be a depth guy. Yeah. But uh, apparently, apparently not. I think the funny thing 
is Julian McKenzie and Mark Lazarus, who were the fantasy captains of this. Uh, the suck uppery here was something else. Each of them selecting their bosses in yep. James Myrtle and Craig Custance. Mm-hmm. Each of them are kind of at the top. I of mean, our- Myrtle's nine feet tall, so you got yeah. like that on. He's got on, the reach. Like we we got some size on defense, man. Arpon and James. That's. I did find it suspicious though when Mark Lazarus uh, drafted David Perpich. Yeah, that was uh, a to his weird. team. Yeah, David Perpich drafted is him our, in the position our, our of publisher, great dude, publisher yeah. at the Athletic. Yeah, I I gotta say two comments on Team USA. Yeah. Um, first of all, I guess I I'm I'm actually for all my complaints, I, maybe I'm glad that I'm not on Team Canada for the forwards because they've got Katie Strang on defense. I'm not going into a quarter with Katie Strang. No. Forget it. There's there's absolutely no way. I that that is I will I will William Nylander that so bad. You will see you will see a flyby like you've never seen. Like she she can have the ball. That's that's not gonna happen. The other thing is it while you and I were snubbed, I, I guess we should at least say that the, the Thursday show was well represented on Team USA. Cause we've got they've got Jesse Granger as the goalie. And they've got our producer, Danielle, up front. Yes. As a forward. She's a goalie. What's going yeah. on? Yeah. Why don't we ask you, Danielle? Daniel, do you want to come in make, and defend yourself here? How like, did you it, make the it, fantasy it, roster here? I did actually start out as a skater. So. Okay. I mean, I, uh, I think I told uh, Laz on Twitter, Mike, I, I'm going to score a goal or two. I think I actually have only scored a goal or two. So <laughs> there's, okay. there's offense, but there's. There's some. I mean, you got you've got your your forward line. You've also got Max. Isn't Max a goalie as well? Um, I think Max is a forward. Okay. Yeah. I thought Max was a goalie. All right. I mean, you guys just got to clearly. I mean, I look at the end of the day, it's a good thing because I think I mean, you put Ian and I on Team Canada. First of all, we're going to win. Yeah. Uh, second of all, it's gonna it's gonna lead to bad feelings because I would have I, I would light up Jesse Granger like a Christmas tree. Uh, I mean, I know I've I've been pick, I've spent all year picking his brain on the finer points of goaltending. I know all his weaknesses. I know that if you all you got to do is hit him in the neck one time, and that's it. That puts yeah. that that's his weak spot. So I I uh, you know, and then and then it just gets awkward, right? Jesse doesn't want to come on the show anymore. He doesn't. It's 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 a whole thing. So um, I, I guess you know, at the end of the day, I'm okay with it. But uh, you know, I, yeah. I, I, I I'm going to remember. That's all I'm saying. Do you remember, speaking of remembering, uh, when we won a ball, we won this ball hockey tournament in, like I said, it was 1997 and we won the championship. There was like, it was, I think it was Molson, the, the beer company up here in Canada that, that sponsored. It was like a Molson Canadian street hockey tournament. Uh, we won, it was like 14 tickets to a Senators, and I want to say Panthers. Yeah. Was it Panthers or Islanders? I think, I, I see, I remember both. So I feel like maybe we Did won Did we win two sets two. of tickets? I think we might have won two. I think the second place prize is you won three sets of tickets. Exactly. Uh, yeah, like 100%. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, boy, like, how, like, how did you <laughs> scrounge up 14 tickets to a Senators-Panthers game in 1997? In 1997. Wow. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Surprised. Yeah. We, we should have scalped those. We could have paid the tuition for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that was... Uh, uh, that was our prize, and I think early. we all we all piled into our one friend's K car to make it out to the uh, make yeah. the the long drive out to whatever it was called back then, Palladium. Uh, it was all worth it. Yeah, but I I gotta say, like it's you and I also played in a very vicious ball hockey league. Yep. Uh, a few years after that, like I think we had graduated at that point, had we not? Uh, we played uh, we played during uh, during, during school? school as well. Yeah, yeah we played for a few years. It's yeah. the the James and- Patrick League. In Ottawa, which we don't think is affiliated with former NHLer James Patrick, but we never we never stopped to do the research on that James Patrick, no. longtime New York Rangers defense. This was before the internet; you just couldn't. Uh, if we, you, like, if ah, you didn't James know something, Patrick. you just didn't know. And but so. this thing was like, and I, I'd love for listeners to share with us if you ever played in a ball hockey league or an inline, like not ice. I'm not talking about ice. I'm talking about ball hockey, inline, whatever, and like. Did you ever feel like it was like straight up prison rules? Yeah. Because this is this is what we played in in the late 90s in Ottawa. This James, it was like it was a straight up prison league. Yep. That was a nasty. And there were like there was a ref. There were rules. This wasn't like just, you know, a bunch of dudes in the gym, you know, playing uh, pickup. But yeah, let's just say the rules were not well enforced. 
Yeah. Anyway, so we'd love to hear from from people about so again. Like, you know, do you ever play this Canada rules? USA best of seven turns nasty? You know, once uh, once Wheeler gets put on the shelf, they're going to be picking up the phone. You know, but I don't know. Well, I don't know if I'll be picking up. Let's we'll see. Yeah, maybe I'm we'll waiting see. for Team Australia here, and we're just gonna I've, yeah. come in. <laughs> have you have you pitched the plan of you going back to your uh, home in you know your birth country to cover this NHL game and next after season? What I just went through getting to Nashville <laughs> and back home. Do you think I'm pitching? A trip around the world right now? Do you think I'm really feeling <laughs> up for that? This would be, what's that, around the world in 80 days? Yeah, that would be 100%. Legit, that would just... Legit. Who knows? They'd be like, I, yeah, I got rerouted through, you know, God knows. Through Nashville. Right that would yeah, be the... Through Nashville. Yeah. yeah, somehow I got a direct flight right to Nashville and I'm stuck here again. <laughs> Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover... Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, hey, I, I want to talk about something we didn't hit on last week. Um uh, but every year you put out the Down Goes Brown preseason uh, prediction uh, contest. And mm-hmm. on the surface, this should be the easiest contest for people like us. The listeners, you and I, uh, Danielle, our producer, all of us are big hockey fans. And this is a very simple contest, right? Like it mm-hmm. couldn't be more simple, but yet it is diabolical because once again, Nobody had a perfect, perfect score this year, right? Yeah, it's uh, it, this is a contest I came up with, I guess three years ago now, and it is it is dedicated to all of those people out there who, at the end of a season, always tell you that they knew exactly what was going to happen, and 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 in fact, it was mo- if, if if it was motivated by one specific team, it was the the Vegas Golden Knights that. First year, they come as an expansion team and they go all the way to the final. And I was amazed at how many people I heard say, yeah, everybody knew Vegas was going to be good. We all knew as soon as the expansion draft, we knew these guys were going to be good. And I'm looking at it going, like you clearly did. I mean, you can look at the Vegas odds and all sorts of things. Um, but uh, so I came up with this contest. And what it is, it's a set of 10 questions and they're all very simple. Questions like, tell me teams that are definitely going to make the playoffs. Tell yeah. me some teams that are definitely not going to make the playoffs. Tell me some coaches that are definitely going to keep their job all year long. Tell me some guys who are going to definitely finish in the top 15 in the Hart Trophy voting. That sort of thing. Um, nice and easy. And the, the twist on it is it's up to you how many answers you give me. You can give me anywhere from one to five answers. The more answers you give, the more points you get. But, but if you get even one question or one, one of your answers is wrong, you take a zero for the whole question. So if you give me five playoff teams and one of them misses, you take a zero on that whole thing. Like, so, like, imagine, like, like Pittsburgh would be a great example, right? Of a team that has perennially made the playoffs yep. Yep. And, and kind of surprisingly missed. So, you know, yeah. we, we, we throw it out there. And so it's up to you. How aggressive do you want to be? How, you know, do you, do you want to go for the full five? Do you want to back it up a little bit? Um, and uh, yeah, once again, this year, uh, absolutely nobody went through the whole contest without getting anything wrong. Uh, and uh, now we did get the scores were a little bit better this year than they had been last year. Last year, there was not a single person who got better than 50% of the available points. Wow. The winner of the contest last year had 50% on the nose. Uh, this year was a little bit better on in terms of that. But once again, it's 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 interesting to me because it is a great way to 
get a snapshot of what people think are the obvious the obvious things that are going to happen during the year and and then when you look and you see what what people got wrong you can say okay well the, here's something where you know a lot of us had it wrong and you know to to give you an example name five teams that'll make the playoffs the four most common answers uh and this was this is all done by the way leading up to opening night so this is after the whole offseason we have all the information Four most common answers, Avalanche, Hurricanes, Maple Leafs, and Lightning. Not bad. All four made the playoffs. All four made it with room to spare. Yeah. Number tough. five, most common answer, the Calgary Flames. That's, doesn't that shock you, though? Like, given the offseason, um, I don't know if turmoil is the right word, but, like, no team arguably underwent a bigger facelift in, like, Gaudreau out, Kachuk out, Huberdeau yeah. in, Weger in. Like Kadrian, a lot of people felt like they had done Mark, great on Mark the Kachuk trade. Great, coming off Kadri a great just coming, and yeah. see, people forget, and this is this is part of what I love about this contest. The Calgary Flames were the number one team in the West last season, the, the previous like season, not this yeah. most recent season, but the season before that. So for them to fall all the way from number one out of the playoffs felt like you know, oh, that I mean, that felt it's wild. Inconceivable, yet, of yeah. course. They do, and that took out roughly half the half the entries, um, and then the the Blues and the Penguins both took out some as well. Um, so, and uh, you know, most uh, when you when you go to teams that will not make the playoffs, uh, this one was a little bit better because, especially this year, and I kind of figured this with the Connor Bedard tanking. It, it was it, it, most years. There's some surprise team, but I mean, you had Arizona, Chicago, Montreal, San Jose, and most people figure Philadelphia, and those all ended up being safe. But even on that one, the number six most common pick was the Seattle Kraken. Six hundred and seventy-six out of the two thousand entries said no way the Kraken are making the playoffs. No way. Again, I'm not saying. Tell me the 16 playoff teams and then saying, ha ha, you didn't have Seattle. I'm saying, tell me up to five teams that you are willing to say no chance, absolutely none. And a third of the fans out there had Seattle on that list. I probably would have had Seattle on the list after the season they had in their in their first season. And yeah, and, and their goaltending, like the goaltending was a mess and yeah, it stayed a mess. So it was uh, it, it on and on. I mean, just lots of wrong answers. There were a couple of questions. That were just total waste, uh, total wasteland. There's one of the questions is uh, guys that will finish in the top ten of the Norris. Um, that that one was. The Carlson I don't, I don't thing, know. That's mind. You got to explain the Carlson thing to to, to listeners. Th this okay. is mind blowing. Yeah, that that's the fun part. So first of all, uh, almost nobody gets points because Victor Hedman was was injured and didn't have a great year, so he doesn't finish in the top ten. Roman Yossi didn't finish in the top ten. Charlie McAvoy and Aaron Eckblad both got a lot of votes. So. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at now five, five entries went five for five in this question out of 2,100 that entered the contest, only five people got the maximum score. Um, and there were two entries that went oh for five. And this is, you know, how can you, how can you get zero out of five on something this, this, uh, straightforward, but the amazing, yeah, the maybe amazing thing is Eric Carlson, the eventual winner of Norris trophy did not show up on one single ballot out of like 2,100. Like not even one Uber Sharks fan was not like, EK65 is going to bounce back. Not said, even one. I feel confident that he's going to be in the top 10. So again, like when, because this happens sometimes at the end of the year, you know, people like us will, will, you sit down to write a story and you talk about Eric Carlson and you go, this is, a, this is an amazing story. This is, nobody saw this coming. And somebody shows up in the comments and goes, what do you mean nobody saw it coming? Sarah Carlson, he's a great defenseman. We all knew that if everything clicked, he'd have a great year. I mean, come on. This, this wasn't a shot. Here's your proof. 2,100 hockey fans asked, just tell me who's going to be, not the Norris winner. Tell me who's going to finish in the top 10. Not one single one of them thought Eric Carlson going into the year. And he, he ends up winning the whole thing. It's, it's utterly... Utterly wild to me. Now, and and the last one that I'll mention, and this yeah. is uh, we 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 set a new record. Like I said, twenty one hundred um, was was the number of entries. Two thousand and thirty five of them in the question of name players that'll finish in the top fifteen of hard voting. Two thousand thirty five. So almost unanimous had Austin Matthews. 
And of course, he doesn't finish top 15. That takes out all of those entries. Zeros for for everybody. The, Coming off he, a 60, whatever, 60 goal campaign. Where he won the MVP. Won the, I mean, yeah. you figure a guy wins the MVP. Uh, uh, you know, yeah, if he blows out his knee on the first night of the season, and Austin Matthews did have some injuries, but it, it really wasn't that. It just, again, goes to show uh, how unpredictable it is. Connor McDavid was almost a unanimous pick in in the contest. So no uh, surprise w- there. Was uh, it one guy from Pittsburgh who didn't put him on there? <laughs> <laughs> one guy. Well, it was top five. So yeah. even the Pittsburgh guy would still have. But um, yeah, Austin Matthews sets a new record, wiping out the most answers in the history of the contest. Took out uh, 2,000 of you. Um, and, uh, and, and, and so of the uh, other guys in the Hart Trophy, Kel McCarr, almost 1,400 entries. He wasn't in the top 15. Kirill Kaprizov, almost 900. Um, Barkov, Shesterkin, Huberdo, Crosby, Panera, and Gaudreau all got a lot of votes. Um, of guys who did turn out, in fact, yeah, out of the 14 players that were named the most, only three actually turned out to finish in the top 15 of the heart. So, so McDavid, Dreisaitl, Dreisaitl, and Nikita Kucherov, Kucherov was the yeah. other one. Only 20 people out of 2100 had Matthew Kachuk, even given that he was. Going over to uh, to a new, new team, team. Yeah. only ten had David Pasternak, two had Tage Thompson, and one and only one had Connor Hellebuck, and he did finish in the top fifty. Th- think about this for a second: two people picked Tage Thompson to be uh, in that Hart Trophy, and nobody picked Eric Carlson. It's crazy, right? Like that's it's not okay. Real quick. Let's spin this forward for a, a real quick second here. Because we're in the middle of the offseason. A lot of teams have made their changes. Right now, you and I, I, let's pick the five teams that we are sure are going to make the playoffs next year. Like you would just lock it in. Okay. Okay? Tell me if I'm wrong on this. New Jersey. <sighs> Jeez, yeah, that's a long pause. It is a long pause because New Jersey really? is a great team, but they haven't addressed the goaltending. Um, and again, this is, this is not, oh, he, th- he doesn't think the Devils are a good team. This is, they're a sure thing. They're a lock. I, I think I probably do end up with the, the Devils in my, in my top five. Hurricanes? Um, I, I, my teams are, I'm going Carolina. Yeah. Going Colorado. I'm going Dallas. Vegas? I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm doing the Vegas Edmonton dance in my head. And 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 here's the thing: we're we haven't mentioned any of the teams for the Atlantic because it's it's a weird. Look, Tampa's one. getting up there. Boston, we're all expect. I mean, you you look at Boston; they they could finish, they could lose forty points and still be a playoff team. Yeah, and yet I'm a little bit nervous about them. I'm I'm not putting the Leafs on my list. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, really? But, nope. Not not with the is that not, goaltending related or it's is goaltending? That, yeah. It's 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 the goaltending. Yeah. It's the fact that they've had very good luck injury. Like they haven't had any major injuries, um, it, really, in the last couple of years. If you know something like that happens, and just just the, the mood in Toronto, if it starts off bad again, I think that that whole thing can go belly up real quick. Um, so I'm not putting Toronto on my list. Rangers. The, I, I mean, I feel I, I'm higher on the Rangers than I think a lot of people are. But at the end of the okay, give me Dallas, Colorado. Carolina. I'm on the New Jersey train, man. I am on the Devils train. Edmonton, Vegas. I'm leaving Jersey off my list. And again, this is, do not, don't come at me a year from now and be like, remember when you said New Jersey wasn't making the playoffs? No, I did not say that. I just said they weren't one of the teams that I would feel 100% confident, no questions asked, putting them on the list. And I can't wait to hear from Devils fans after I just said it's the goaltending and then I put put, uh, the Oilers. On my list. You know, it's interesting, though, that, and maybe this is going to start the shift of that Atlantic powerhouse, but I think for years, you would have just said Tampa, Toronto, Boston, one, two, three, like, and and you wouldn't (laughs) have even hesitated. And I I also think it's interesting, the Florida Panthers. We're not mentioning Florida. Who are coming off of a President's Trophy, followed by a Stanley Cup final appearance, and we're like, boy, they sure feel like a bubble team to me. Like, it's weird. It's it is it's it's wild and it's you know and and it's it's also it it 
puts it in a different perspective because how many times do we look at specifically right now the Eastern Conference? And when you're talking about those those bubble teams trying to get in, Buffalo, Detroit, Ottawa, plus you look at Pittsburgh trying to get back in. What do we always say, right? Like, well, what what spots are even available? Right? I mean, what it feels like seven of those spots are pretty much spoken for, and then maybe the Islander spot is 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 up for grabs. But there's a difference between saying, yeah, I think seven out of the eight teams are pretty comfortable. And then you say, okay, but who would you be willing to bet it all on? Who are you absolutely sure? And suddenly those seven sure things turn into one or two or three. It, anyway, it's 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 a really fun action. Even doing it now, for now, I'm like, boy, I I don't know who I'm putting, yep. picking for the five teams. So keep keep an eye out. It'll be it's usually the week before opening night. I give you as yep. much time as I can. Early October. And it's, uh, it's, and, and then I updated a couple times during the season just because, uh, I've got, uh, a couple of guys who, who scrape all the data for me and, and we've got, uh, sort of a, a site that updates and it's, they're not the interns, but, yeah, I was uh, say the DGP no, no, interns. no, 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 that, that position is, is still open, but the DGP uh, internship program, they do it. They do a great job of getting all the information for me. And it's, it's just fun. Even, even in the middle of the season, cause you, you see it almost right away. Right. I mean, last year. Give you an example, right? You could say the Devils. We're talking about the Devils. Wow, what a great, what a great story the Devils are. And somebody, and it's it's usually it's usually not uh, a Devils fan coming in saying, "No, we knew all along they were going to be good." It's some other fan of some other team who's trying to like who's trying to rain on the parade. Going, <laughs> we all knew the Devils. We come on, nobody's surprised the Devils. You know how many people picked the Devils uh, as a playoff team in the contest out of twenty one hundred? Three. Uh, is it is it Tage Thompson? Three people. Yeah. Three. Yeah. So Three people said that the New Jersey Devils felt confident enough about the Devils making the playoffs, um, despite all the people right now who are you know go. Oh, we all knew that the Devils were on that trajectory. No, we didn't. At least not with a huge degree of confidence. The Golden Knights, by the way, twenty five times uh, out of twenty one hundred, so about one wow. percent. That tied them with the Boston Bruins, who. Had 135 points. It, isn't that crazy? We don't know the anything. President's Trophy winner and the Stanley Cup winner had that one one percent of entries essentially. Wow. Well, uh, uh, had we're confident about them making the playoffs, but we all felt really good about the St. Louis Blues. Just, just crazy. Anyway, uh, I also want to talk about another column of yours this week, and it's the general. I guess what do we call this? Like the class re- ranking every general yeah. manager class. Of the salary cap era, meaning, you know, every offseason, there's some changes. So, like, uh, you know, Hmm. this year, for example, the class of 2023 will end up being uh, Dubis in Pittsburgh, True Living in Toronto, what, Conroy, Calgary, uh, Danny Breer. You know what I mean? Like, so then, like, five years from now, we'll look back and say, like, how did the class of 2023 do? Which is not really the way we look at general managers, or we don't ever look at them in a grouping. But you have mm-hmm. lo- looked and ranked. We look group- at draft classes. We look at yeah. rookie classes and all that. So I wanted to do it this way. And hey, I, I got to say right off the bat, maybe I shouldn't. One thing I learned this week, a lot of people don't know what the word class means when you are using it in that context. I, I honestly think a lot of people thought I was ranking general managers based on like their classiness. Like I was going by like like a personality evaluation. Yeah. I got people in the comments who are mad, like, what is this? The class of whatever. And then other people are like, did you not graduate, buddy? Like, what's the... so yeah, yeah maybe Tim, I should have come I up love, with it. I love Tim Murray, who's one of the most uh, and I would say this right to Tim, like he's he's such a gruff guy. Imagine yeah. and he, he was in the number one class, right? Imagine like the classiest class. Yeah. The classiest. He's yeah. quite but, yeah. I think Ron Francis was in there too, though, right? So maybe that's where the confusion. That's where the confusion that, lies. Maybe that's it, but it it yeah. was yeah, and and I went by you know a few like obviously the different years, different number of GMs. There were a couple years where there was only one new GM in the entire league, and then there were other ones where it got seven or eight or nine. And I sort of ranked them. It I didn't just want to do it based on success because you get into like well you know what 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 did they do? What did the predecessor do? So I kind of went impact, success, and then the entertainment value was was important to me. Um, and yeah, broke them down. We had, uh, I think, I, I guess 19 years to work with. I chickened. I didn't do this year's class because they haven't done anything yet. I figured that was too early. It was also too early to do the three or four before that, but that that didn't stop me. But it was just kind of an interesting exercise to go back and see 
Um, you know, some teams keep showing up over and over again. Some names keep showing up over and over again. I think yeah. Brian Burke was hired three different times uh, in in just the cap era, let alone what he had done before that. So, um, and and sort of see which ones ended up being the uh, the the year that we look back and go, man, that's that was the year that uh, that was a big deal. I love it was Kevin Shovel Bayoff came in on his own, right? Yeah, he and Mark uh, Bergevin both came in oh, on, on their too. own. Yeah. yeah. You come in, uh, you come in on your own. Anyway, th- these are the fun articles that that I think uh, we enjoy reading in 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 the summertime because it's well, just- and I and I got to tell you, if if you're one of those people who doesn't enjoy these, if you're one of these people who's like, whoa, slow news day, what's going on? Just take the next couple of months off. Honestly, man, it's it's fine. You don't have. What, to- did you get some? I did it. Oh, yeah. I did it. Yeah, you go into the comments. People are like, what? What's the point of this? I mean, this. It's, you know, and then you got other people like going like, dude, look at the cat. Like what? <laughs> What What's roster point moves of this? do you want evaluated? Do you want like a game story? Or is that what the, you're yeah. you can't, like like you're you're allowed to just like take a couple months off if 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 that's really gonna bother you? Because trust me, it's getting a lot weirder from here. This was I, I, I was, was easing say, you into the off-season content with this one. Yeah. What's the point of this is the evergreen comment of any down goes brown article. Come on. Pretty much. Yeah. What are you new? Is your first day here? Yeah. It's and then uh, I, it's and then I be fun. see the worst is and then I get the people who like think they're defending me and they are and I appreciate it but like some dudes like what's the point of this it's stupid and then people are like that's this guy's whole brand and I'm like uh, hold hold on and they're like Thanks. yeah nobody Thanks. does stupid better and I'm like yeah. okay okay this um, they're like yeah. if, if you made a Mount Rushmore of stupid and pointless it would just <laughs> okay. be this guy's face four times and it's like okay I I got it thank you all right <laughs> oh my gosh anyway. So we'll, we'll keep the comments uh, or keep your emails coming in because we love that. Like those types of columns are fun for the summer. We love tackling things like this on the pod for the summer. So, you know, fire them, uh, fire them into us. There's one thing I want to hit on before we open up the emails because we do have a bunch of them. And I haven't really addressed this in uh, in the uh, print form or like in on our, our site uh, because I, there's just some moving parts to this. And I... I'm hesitant even now to say this in this podcast. It's just a weird. I know it's, you're going to be like, what? Something weird happened in Ottawa. What are you talking about? But mm. um, earlier this week, uh, Bruce Garriock of Post Media reported that Trent Mann, uh, assistant general manager with the Ottawa Senators, was no longer with the team. That Mann was informed on Tuesday that um, uh, he's no longer uh, retained in his role as assistant GM. And I think you could agree with me if we can just sort of look at this from a very general perspective, that parting ways with your assistant GM in the middle of July is atypical, right? Like it's it's weird. Would you mm-hmm. agree with me on that? Yes. Especially uh, the guy who typically runs your draft and just did so. Um, seems strange. Yeah. So as I, I, and I say this because here's the weird part of this. And I don't know, I don't have any background info that I feel comfortable sharing or anything like that, but I will say this. So the story from Post Media runs on Tuesday. And, you know, I reached out to the senators for comment Tuesday and Wednesday, nothing back. And that's not weird. I, I, I think any reporter who knows when you're trying to chase down a comment or confirmation from a PR person, whether you're in the corporate world, sports world, whatever, sometimes they don't get back to you. And that's fine. I'm not, I'm not mm-hmm. here to, I'm just trying to paint a picture of, you know, trying to confirm this. And it's and here's where it's weird or interesting. So I think like a lot of people, uh, Sean, I went to the team website just to, you know, usually you check on the website to see if someone's face or picture or whatever, they're disappeared. And you know, Tuesday night, Trent Mann was still there. And I was like, ah, you know what? It's the summertime. Maybe whatever. Maybe it's not done. Tuesday morning, I go back and around 9, 9.30 in the morning, his face has been removed. His title has been removed from the website. So I said, okay, you know what? There you go. That seems to unofficially, officially give me the confirmation that the team hadn't given me. So I thought case closed. Then I'm going to fast forward about seven hours later. And don't ask me why I did this, but I went back to the website and I reloaded it. And Trent Mann's face and his title were back on the the page. Now, 
I sent that to a couple other people who had also seen that he was removed. And I said, can you do me a favor? Go onto your website and because I didn't know if somehow some weird cached version was popping up. I didn't want to have something weird happen where it's like, yeah. And people were texting me back. Now he's back on the website. So as we're sitting here having this conversation, it is almost 11 a.m. on Thursday. His face and his title are still on the senator's website. Uh, I don't know what to tell you other than that is, again, speaking generally. And you know this from your time in the high tech world. Uh, mm -hmm. Websites usually get scrubbed pretty quick. Uh, this is yeah. a, all I'm going to say is this is, it, it's atypical. I'm not saying that there's anything nefarious. I'm just saying it's atypical and I want to as, at least address as, this because I haven't done it on Twitter. As the guy who used to update the corporate website, not having an update get made isn't that unusual. Sometimes people are away. Sometimes the guy who's got access isn't there. Sometimes people forget. Having it update and then be reverted back seems strange. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, that's unusual. That's honestly, that's the extent of which I'm comfortable saying anything in the public forum right now because mm -hmm. I, I don't know what else to say. I, and this this story I, may develop over yeah, the it, days it, to come, maybe even. Sooner it, than that. Yeah, I think the only safe thing to say is that there appears to be some fluidity to this. Uh, mm. And I know that that sounds stupid and weird when, when it, it, like, it should be a pretty black and white, open shut case. Yes. Like, but and, I think and, there might be and some. And it doesn't gray mean here. that it doesn't end that way. No. It doesn't mean totally. that this time a week from now it's not, hey, this is the decision, this is, and we move on. But uh, yeah, this is uh, not the way this usually goes. No. And again, as I try and pick this apart, the one thing I would wonder about is, is the unknown status of the, or, or I guess the pending status of, of Michael Landlauer buying the team, mm -hmm. uh, is that part of it? Is that, is that, whoa, whoa, you know what? Actually, we're not going to make any changes until, like, I don't know. Yeah. And, and I, I don't want to get maybe too why speculative, are, but, yeah. but if we're trying to connect some dots, that would seem like an easy one to connect, but. Again, who knows? Yeah, because uh, if, if if this was other teams, maybe you say, oh, you know, there's uh, just some something weirds happening with the website or whatever. But because it's the senators and because it's we've got the ownership situation still playing out, yeah, people wonder. And because it's the middle of July, and we're we're looking for things. This, this is really screwing up my assistant GM classes uh, ranking article. That's this is this is really messing me up, man. I don't, but yeah. oh well, yeah. Uh, you know, I, the other thing I want to hit on that happened this week, and I don't know if you felt like the Philadelphia Flyers needed to make a statement, should have made a statement, whatever. But essentially, uh, there was a, a Zoom press conference this week. The Philadelphia Flyers uh, had a Zoom call, um, and, uh, you know, basically... It was Garden Hathaway, was it not? Now I'm blanking. Yeah, yeah it was it Garden was, yeah. Hathaway. <clears throat> and a question gets asked to him about actually, and you know what's funny? Jason tweeted at me and said, Can we keep keep Ian's swearing streak alive if <laughs> if he uh if he cites somebody? I no, maybe I won't. But mm. but basically clean it up. Come on, man. This is yeah. Class reporter reporter asked. Garnet Hathaway about, hey, you're joining a team in the rebuild. Before Hathaway has a chance to answer the question, and actually maybe we can get, Danielle, maybe we can just drop this audio in here. So instead of me uh, doing this, we can just, you know, have the audio dropped in. But this is the interaction uh, between a reporter and Garnet Hathaway of the Flyers. Hey Garnet, I was just wondering, as um, a veteran with a relatively successful NHL career, what makes the Flyers who are in a rebuild state a destination that this is How many times is she going to ask this fucking question? Yeah, you know, there's a, there's really a lot of things I can answer. Um, when I look at it, it's, a, it's an organization. All right, so obviously you can hear another voice jump in and basically mock the the line of questioning. How many times is she going to ask this bleeping question? Uh the Flyers then put a statement out on behalf of, uh, what's his title now? Keith, uh, is he president, Keith Jones? I think Keith Jones is the president. President. Yeah, and he's like, hey, uh, 
we want to extend our apologies. Disrespectful. Uh, we don't tolerate disrespectful, uh, you know, language towards reporters, whatever, unacceptable. They're doing their job, yada, yada, yada. I, I'm curious, like, did the, like, because, again, when you read the comment section, people are like, whoa, what are you, this is a story, this is not a story, whatever. I always say, if you don't think it's a story, don't read the damn story. Like, yeah. there's well, literally it's, 1,500 it, stories on our site a day. Yeah. You don't and, have to read And the read story everyone. was not, I, I, I believe, we didn't write a story about the incident when it happened. But the fact that the Flyers put out a statement. Right. So, so my if you don't is, think it's a story, go yell at the Flyers. They're, do you they're the think ones the who, Flyers needed to put out a statement? Or should they have just reached out to the reporter and said, hey, yeah. that was a total flub. And we're really sorry. I don't know. I mean, look, look, it's PR people and journalists have a weird relationship. You know, yes. we, we kind of rely on each other to do our jobs. But also there's there's a bit of a, uh, a you know, we're, we're not exactly partners. We're not always rowing in the same direction. So, um I think we know that uh, th there are probably lots of conversations that PR people have and, and social media people and, you know, whoever else uh, where they maybe say uh, stuff like that about journalists. I know I've sat in conversations where journalists have said that about PR people and, and that sort yeah. of thing. It's it's part of it. I, I mean, look, you and I, we both went through journalism school. One of the things I remember was we were always told, assume every mic is live. Yeah. If you are in front of a mic, I remember we had like a TV class where it was an instant F if you got caught swearing near a microphone. Even if you said, well, but, it, but the mic's not on, you don't know that. You can, only, you can never be positive. So you did. And so good learning opportunity there for somebody that, uh, you know, you, you, you don't, don't say anything you wouldn't want public near a microphone. Um, that being said, I didn't, I mean, not a big deal. Did they need to put a statement out? I, I don't know, but also it's a, it's a new, you know, it's new people there. It's a new era. Maybe they felt like, hey, if we're going to err, let's err on the side of being too apologetic versus maybe maybe not. I, I didn't have an issue with them putting a statement out, but I, uh, I I I had not, I was not even aware of this until the statement came out. And I, I suspect a lot of people are in the same boat. Yeah, the, the Philadelphia Flyers being too apologetic. Welcome yeah. to twenty twenty three. Yeah, uh, I love it. And by the way, everything I learned about hot mics and being worried about, I learned from Gabo on The Simpsons. Some <laughs> yeah. people will remember the yeah, Gabo. That was yeah. the Gabo episode. Okay. That Gabo taught me there could be a hot mic. Just be careful. There have man, we've had a few. There, there have it, been some incidents uh, with over the years of uh, you know that. And, and you remember when you were like, uh, I don't know if this is even still a thing, but you know when we were kids. Did you ever have like that one friend or relative or somebody who had the satellite dish where you didn't get the commercials in between innings of the baseball game? Yeah. You, got, you actually heard. The, the, like, yeah, exactly. The guys the talking. And, just... That was always an eye opener. That was always yeah. fun. When you hear, uh, hear your, your childhood heroes in the broadcast booth, uh, slightly more unfiltered. Um, that was always yeah. fun. Yeah. Imagine they could never do that today. Nope. Uh, you know. Never. Never, ever, ever. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. All right, we got some emails. Like I said, we got a ton of emails here. Let, let, let's rip through a bunch of them here. Uh, the Athletic Hockey Show at gmail.com. Uh, voicemails at 845-445-8459. Uh, Jason also had another question. He's the one who asked about us being omitted from 
those fantasy ball hockey rosters. Mm-hmm. Jason says, look, Sean, you're always talking about your Leaf fandom. I want to switch things up here a little bit. What's actually the happiest moment you've ever had as a fan of a team? Would it be Joe Carter's home run? What would it be? Well, so, and maybe it is, I mean, it could theoretically be Leafs related. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what, what, what would you say was the pinnacle of like, yeah, you know what? Like that, that's the best feeling I've ever had as a sports fan. Yeah. yeah I mean, my, my highlight as a Leafs fan was that was the 93 playoff run, but uh, and and the Borshevsky goal would would be the the moment out of all of that that uh, that would stand out. But yeah, I, I mean, for me, it would probably be be Blue Jays related. That was my team. You know, baseball was my sport as a kid, even more so than hockey. Blue Jays were my team. I would say the and, and the three would be, that would stand out would be the first pennant in '85. I was I was a little kid for that one. Uh, you know, George Bell catching the pot fly, the Doyle does, does Alexander George game. Bell go onto his knees when he yep. catches that? Yeah, pot and then fly? high fives Tony Fernandez. Yep, and it's uh, like it's like a he very catches 80s it and then he, then he slides down to his knees. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I remember being a little kid running into my backyard with my friend and just like jumping around and, and freaking out that the Blue Jays had finally, um, after a couple of years of disappointment, uh, gotten into the playoffs. The first World Series in '92. Um, where they, because, uh, you know, some some people forget the Joe Carter home run. That was the second back-to-back year. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the Joe Carter home run, uh, I remember I was at my buddy's house. We we see the home run, we freak out. And then my buddy just goes, let's, let's just jump in the car and let's just go downtown and see what's happening. And we like drove down to the subway, got on the subway, got off downtown. And I mean, just a madhouse, just like an impromptu, like people have taken over the streets and, and everything. And just it, like you see, just to be in the middle of that, that probably was the highlight uh, for me. But uh, um, and then uh, and then that was it. 1993 <laughs> ended, and I was like, "Man, I can't wait to see what the next few decades have for me, a Toronto sports fan." Yeah, this yeah. is awesome. Uh, yeah, can't wait. You know, for for me, it's funny because in that same window, uh, early '90s, my favorite teams were really good. Uh, I was a Montreal Expos fan. As a kid, in the and they were really good in the early '90s. But Dallas Cowboys are the Dallas Cowboys are my ultimate favorite team. And so, my mm-hmm. favorite all-time moment as a sports team, and I was a Habs fan too. So they they win the Stanley Cup in '93, and that that's near the list, the top of the list for me. Montreal winning the Cup in '93, but it's got to be the Dallas Cowboys for me. And it's not even winning the Super Bowl; it's the NFC Championship game to get to their first Super Bowl in the Aikman. Emmett, Irvin era, and they go to Candlestick Park, and it's super muddy, and the game is up for grabs late, and Troy Aikman hits Alvin Harper on like, it ends up being like an 80-yard slant, and it was like, as he's running down the field, I was like, my team's going to the Super Bowl. My t- like, it was the greatest mm-hmm. feeling, and then they went to the Super Bowl, they just clowned Buffalo. The, the, the yeah. Super Bowl itself wasn't even... A thing. And that's an was, NFL thing, like it, more so than any uh, sport, like just going to the championship yes, I can't, really is a different. I, I can't express uh, how much I remember Alvin Harper just running down the field and thinking, oh, my God, we're going to the Super Bowl. Like, we're, like it's the best feeling I think I've ever had uh, as, a, as a sports fan. So love to hear from mm-hmm. our listeners, too. Uh, the Athletic Hockey Show, gmail.com. Favorite sports memory of all time. We love to... Uh, Love to hear from, especially when it's uh, when it's hockey related. And um, I, I got to say, just to throw out the the other one for me, from a hockey perspective, would be the 2002 Olympics, watching Team Canada mm. beat Team USA and Joe Sakic scoring the clinching goal and and all of that. Uh, that was uh, right up there as well. I guess 87 Canada Cup, not on there for you, Mario. 87 goal? Canada Cup. I, I mean, I remember it, but I I wasn't old enough to like appreciate the. Yeah, the history there, and also, you know, in in '87, Team Canada was expected to win. Versus in 2002, remember we had lost the World Cup, we had lost in '98, and Nagano hadn't even won a medal. So there was this like little crisis of confidence that uh, you know what was what was going on. So uh, you know that was that was up there too. And the last one I'll mention, just since we're doing Olympics, '96, Donovan Bailey back to back Saturday nights wins the hundred meter. And then all week long, we had to hear about how uh, Canada might have fluked out a win in the 100 meter. But when it's the relay, that's where Team USA is going to take over. And, and Team Canada goes and wins the, uh, wins the relay. 
biggest Canada versus USA win since, uh, you know, until uh, this ball hockey uh, thing that's that Julian and Mark are putting together. Yeah. You know, I actually covered as a cub reporter with at Carlton. I used to get, be able to get a press pass because I did uh, some stuff for the radio station, the campus radio station. And I went down to Toronto in, I guess it would have been the summer of 97, the year after the Olympics. And Donovan Bailey and Michael yes, Johnson the Michael had a Johnson. showdown yeah. because for, for decades, the fastest human being on the planet was always the person who won the 100-meter dash. Mm-hmm. Until 1996, when yep. Michael Johnson won the 200-meter dash and all of like the Americans were like, so the fastest man on the planet. It's like, what are you talking about? So they decided mm-hmm. to do a race at 150 meters. Let's meet in the middle. Yep. And I went to head the to head. then Sky Dome, mm-hmm. sat in the press box, and was, I don't know why I went, how I, I went, and I watched this thing. It was the biggest debacle I've ever seen as Michael Johnson pulls up lame about 40 meters, 50 meters in. Faker. Him. He faked that injury. He was getting his butt whooped by Donovan Bailey, and he pulled up. Because he didn't want to, he didn't want to cross the finish line in second place. Yeah, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Oh, uh, yeah, what a, yeah, what a, what a classic '90s. Like, a, a fiercely patriotic pro Canada podcast, like very, uh, just just late. Wow, we're here, we're here to ba- balance out the Tuesday show. That's yeah. Uh, uh, that's All right, what now we- I got I got twenty minutes about Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels, <laughs> and then we'll we'll wrap it up. That's right. Uh, Chad in Chicago. Uh, writes in uh, and says, okay, summertime, you guys are looking for some casual questions. Here we go. Our fantasy hockey league started back in 1996. Uh, We used to award our traveling trophy when Detroit uh, won their first Stanley Cup in the spring of 1997. Since the beginning, we've always had one quote-unquote goon spot in the lineup. So we'd have Bob Probert, Donald Brashear, Ty Domi, etc., playing a key role on our league you would get one point for every one penalty minute. And the whole key to this was the goon spot. You didn't get points anywhere else, i.e. nobody would put uh, Keith Kachuk back in the day in that spot and not take his goals and his assists and points. So the problem we have now is the last 15 years, this spot has become increasingly difficult to draft for obvious reasons. So who would you guys recommend for this spot as we await the early October draft? We need somebody who really won't already be picked for his offensive prowess, i.e. Michael Bunting has been a good pick in recent years, but he's also potentially off the board because he's a guy who can score. So thanks for making a hockey pod that isn't a bunch of bros talking like they're in a letter Kenny locker room that comes in from Chad Ooh, in Chicago. I feel like that was a reference to uh, your, your recent potty mouth there. You think That's that right. was a little... Like just just a reminder, yes. Yeah. Uh, all right, um, boy, who's got the the, the penalty? It, it's tough because um, some of the guys that you would think of, right? Like I'm sure a lot of people are going, "Oh, Ryan Reeves." Ryan Reeves is not put up. He, I, I don't see him in the top ten in penalty minutes for quite a while. Um, Austin Watson, I feel like was yeah, up there. Was he not for Ottawa? He was up there. Uh, he was up there this year. Yeah, top. but I don't know if he's going to play next season. You don't know if he's going to play. The Kachuk brothers are both up there. They're going to be off the board, uh, presumably. Uh, Pat Maroon is a guy that uh, he was number one this year, number two last year. Now, he's going into a new situation. You never really know. It, it could be. Wait, he's he in Minnesota go, now? No, wait, yeah, where's Pat go, Maroon? He could go into, yeah, Min- he's Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota. He could go into Minnesota and say, I, I, you know, I really want to make an impression. I want to throw my weight around. Or he could kind of say, they could tell him like, hey, you're just here to be the veteran presence. Don't feel like you got to. Uh, go crazy on on that stuff, but you know he's an option. Tanner Janot is uh, has has been uh, a guy that uh, you know he's he'll he'll be in the lineup for Tampa. But, after he, everything but he could they score fifteen goals, couldn't he? Or no? I don't know if he's. I mean, he he only had eighteen points all last year. Um, I guess his I don't rookie think year he's he getting more, right? On, yeah, I I I mean he he had been better in. Uh, he had the the rookie year in Nashville a couple of years ago where he had twenty something, but I don't feel like he's getting picked. Um, probably in your other categories, a guy like Tom Wilson might get picked. Evander Kane probably gets picked. I don't know how deep the the pool is, so uh, 
you know, Kane had been way up there for a while, but that sort of backed off lately. Obviously, he was he was hurt for a chunk of it. Um, there aren't really the the great picks that uh, uh, that you would normally have. Nicholas Delorier is a guy that is has been high the last couple of years. So, yeah, um, it's a good because tough if category. Getting, if you like get one point per penalty minute. If you can get a guy with 75, 80 penalty minutes, you're Pat laughing. Pat Rune had 150 last yeah. year. That's Connor McDavid numbers. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah. I, I think uh, he might he, he might be my pick, but I, I'm a little nervous about the new team. You, you know what would be a great thing to track is at what point are we going to get to a point in the NHL where we will never see a guy with 1,000 career penalty minutes again? Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're probably... We've like those players have probably already been drafted, right? Like we've probably yep. gotten into that era. But at some point, you're not going to see a thousand career pimps, right? You you wouldn't think so. I don't I mean, think you so. Just you, you just don't don't need it anymore. And I think it was only uh, I think it was just two years ago. Speaking of milestones, I think two years ago was the it was either the first time in history, or maybe it was just the first time since like the the original six era but that the the points leader had more points than the penalty minutes leader yes. had penalty minutes so i mean you, again just changing changing times yeah in the nhl for sure yeah all right i'll tell you what we we do have other uh mailbag questions but i'll tell you we'll save them we'll save it because we got a whole bunch of episodes coming up uh mm-hmm. so if you you you, you uh you sent us any uh Email questions. We're going to put them in the, uh, the the hopper for next week. The Athletic Hockey Show at gmail.com is the way to get us. Uh, I, I want to wrap up real quick. One this date in hockey history, Sean. Uh, and actually, it's today, July 13th, 2005. Okay? Today, happy anniversary to the end of the lockout. It was Ooh. July 13th, 2005. Mm-hmm. In which the NHL and the NHLPA uh, agreed to terms uh, on a brand new collective bargaining agreement, and I know this because I was in New York that day to cover uh, to cover it for Sportsnet, and I had been in New York for days and weeks and months in the in the, the ten months leading up to it, and I we were finally there, and they finally got a deal in place, and. It wasn't like the one in 2012, which ended up getting done at like three in the morning. And that was stupid. Uh, This was one that was done in the summertime. And again, remember, shortly thereafter, there was the draft lottery. And then shortly thereafter, there was the here come the new rules. And they were trying to launch a new era. But it was on this date, 2005, the lockout ended. Yep. And uh, I mean... Obviously, everyone remembers that the the season got wiped out, but uh, it's it's it feels a bit surprising to remember that it was this late. I mean, think of yes, the off season is almost finished at this point for for 2023. Back then, they everything just started. They they just you know it had been known for a while that okay there was going to be a deal once. Once good now was was pushed aside and and it was trending in that direction. It didn't come out of nowhere, but yeah, they had a lot to do to get everything ready to go and and start relatively on time in the uh, uh, to get get the season going. Very weird time, very strange yeah. time as to be a hockey fan or a or a hockey reporter. Yeah, you know, one of the strangest things I remember about that day for me was we were out on the sidewalk kind of in New York City waiting for this announcement and all this stuff. And I'm so regretful because I ended up becoming a huge fan of uh, Arrested Development, the television show after this. But Henry yeah. Winkler walked by <laughs> on the street, the Fonz. Okay, yeah. And uh, we were just like, we were all taken aback. And like, it was just, uh, that's uh, the crazy thing. The only thing I remember from the day that it came down was like, that's the day I saw he- Henry Winkler, uh-huh. the Fonz. There it is, yeah. Yeah. You, did you did you snag the interview? Did you figure no, out? No, we just let him he, walk by. Let him go. Yeah, That's, we could have had some terrible happy days. Uh, could have got like somebody from the San Jose Sharks for him to jump over, and it, it, it would have been fun. Yeah. <laughs>
that's right. That's a that one took you a second. Jump. I like yeah, that. Sorry. I like I how like, that one was you, like that. <laughs> what I don't the hell is he talking why it's about? Funny. Why would he jump over Evgeny Nabokov? I, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, ah, jump. Okay. Jump. There it is. I got you. I got you. Uh, okay. We'll, we'll leave it there. Like I said, we love to hear from you, especially in the summertime. Hit us up. Any questions, anything you want us to dig up, debate, whatever. The Athletic Hockey Show. At gmail.com, leave us a voicemail. 845-445-8459. And right now you get a subscription to The Athletic for a year. Uh, that'll be $2 a month for 12 months when you visit theathletic.com slash hockey.